So I know this podcast focuses pretty much entirely on Winnipeg music, but my friend Sean Lewis, who lives in Ontario, is an honorary Winnipegger. He spent enough time here a few years back that I think he counts, and he's got a great project called Better Homes for Meaner People. They put out a new record on January 6th of this year. It's called Action Pack Living. You should check it out now. It's described as a blisteringly intoxicating and abrasive mix of electronic beats, heavy-hitting distorted bass lines, experimental noise, and intense spoken word vocals. You can get it now at betterhomesformeterpeople.bandcamp.com. Hey folks, Quarantine Cast continues. We're on lockdown again, and this is another remote conversation. This episode is an interview with Cam from local metal outfit Solonum, and it's a fun chat. We talk about their new record that's on the horizon. We talk about the history of the band, how they're coping with the coronavirus crisis that's happening that's affecting pretty much everyone in the music scene, and a lot more. And one thing about these remote calls, I enjoy doing them. Um, I kind of have the capacity to do them more often than if I'd been doing just my in-person interviews. But one thing I often forget is, uh, from a sound quality perspective, I should always be getting my guests to wear headphones. Uh, the episodes where the guests have worn headphones sound infinitely better, but I often forget, and this time I forgot. So it's still listenable for sure, but there's a bit of echo going on and some voices bouncing around in there, and that's my fault for not asking the guests to wear headphones. So I'm going to try and fix that going forward. Uh, it's a still a really fun interview. I hope you dig it. It's a great band. I'm really looking forward to the new record. And yeah, thanks for staying with the show during this weird, weird time. All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm still in quarantine mode, as is everyone else, and uh, doing these calls over the internet, which, you know, it, it's kind of cool. It's not quite the same as doing them in person, but it's nice that this is an option in these bizarre times that we're living in. So I think that the best way to start this off is, I mean, I know you're here representing your whole band, and we can't have all of you on this call, which would be probably really difficult logistically, but do you want to just sort of introduce yourself of and then, you know... A little bit of background about the group, and I have a lot of questions, but maybe just start from there. Uh, absolutely. Uh, well, my name is Cam McPhee. I'm the vocalist for Solonym here in Winnipeg. Uh, we've been jamming for about nine years uh, total. Uh, I think our first show was in 2012. Uh, we played crossover thrash, uh, and uh, let's let's see here. Um, <laughs> well, the band I... consists of himself, uh, Lee Shadeen on guitar, uh, uh, Mike Chotka on the other guitar, and uh, Anders Land is drumming for us. Cool. And you have a new record coming out. I mean, that's probably the best way to, to, to start off the whole conversation, right? We do indeed. Uh, we're getting ready to release our new album. It's called Ruled by the Cruel. Uh, it's been just over a year now in the making, so we're very excited to kind of have it in the can and be ready to just put it out there. Cool. And I saw on the Bandcamp page, I mean, I know you have one song that's there for, for people to check out for now, but you mentioned that you're kind of looking for a label to uh, to support it. So what is sort of the plan with, with releasing it? Is it just up in the air at this point, or you what's, what's going on with that? Well, right now it's a little up in the air. I know uh, one of the labels we were very interested in speaking to uh, is in Italy, actually. Oh, cool. So uh, that uh, kind of threw things off a little. Uh, no doubt, yeah. We're also uh, looking... Uh, working with unspeakable unspeakable acts again uh they they released our last ep the judgmental ep and uh you know they're very friendly and you know we had a great experience there cool 
And before we... Um, right now, it's kind of big question mark while the whole pandemic happens. Yeah, I think for everyone, there's a big question mark, just like in terms of everyday life and just getting things done that would be just, uh, you wouldn't think of before. Now everything's like a calculated uh, event, right? Very much so. <laughs> How has the uh, how has this pandemic affected you guys as a band? Because I know depending on on the artist, like some people have been really badly um, hurt by this in terms of uh, touring and, and show cancellations. Has it been much for you guys? Have you had a lot of uh, rescheduling and reworking things to happen? Well, um, thankfully, uh, I shouldn't say thankfully, but uh, right now this is all going on when we're kind of uh, aside from releasing the record, we're kind of uh, in a quiet phase of the band right now. Uh, so. It could have been worse. And, you know, we've never done this as a way to make money. Uh, we never expect to make money with Crossover. Yeah. So that hasn't really affected us in that regard. Uh, we don't have anything out of town booked until August. Uh, we didn't really have any shows lined up. So uh, it could have been worse, I suppose. Yeah, I guess that's the best case scenario when you're dealing with something like this that you haven't had to to bump anything or reschedule anything. That's, that's kind of nice because a lot of people are uh, in the complete opposite boat, right? So, yeah. Yeah, there's some people out there, some very talented people who uh, are definitely struggling. It's really unfortunate to see. Uh, probably the biggest hurdle for us is just not being able to get together at our jam space every week, you know? I know we all look forward to that every week, so it uh, that's probably the biggest pain in the butt. Does it kind of slow down some of the excitement you had about the new record too? I mean, I guess, you know, once you've finished recording that and you're getting it ready to come out, you got to be in like go mode, right? Yeah, we would have liked to have hit the ground running at top speed. Uh, at the end of the day, though, like I said, we're not doing this for anything but, you know, ourselves and our fans and our friends. So if we don't hit the ground running, say la vie. You know, the record's still going to be there six months from now. You know, we're still going to be stoked on it, so... We'll make the best. Cool. Cool. That's good to hear. Yeah. So uh, when it comes to heavy music, I mean, Winnipeg is one of those cities that has a very deep and vast sort of scene uh, and blending all different kinds of subgenres of subgenres of subgenres. I know you kind of consider yourself in the crossover thrash sort of uh, department, right? Um, where, yeah, do you, right. where do you kind of fit in within Winnipeg's uh, larger metal scene? I mean, did you, is there sort of a pocket of other bands that you kind of see, like feel a kinship with locally that you whether you play a lot of shows with them or not? Um, well, you know, I think a good one to bring up would be Crown of Thorns, of course. Uh, we played with them multiple times and uh, very talented, great band. I, you know, I'd go to see them any day of the week. Uh, and it's always a pleasure to share the stage with them. And of course, they kind of fit into a similar vibe that we're doing. And uh, and it's it's been interesting. It's just with everybody in the band kind of coming from different backgrounds, we've all kind of got friends in the slightly different parts of the scene. So, you know, uh, some of us know guys who are involved in the punk scene that plays more at the Handsome Daughter, and other of the guys are buds with people who play more at Bulldog Pizza with that punk scene. So, uh, you know, and uh, when uh, Mike Benza was playing with us, uh, he's so heavily involved in uh, a lot of the metal scene here totally. in Winnipeg. So, you know, we've, we've been very lucky in that regard where there's so many wonderful, talented people that we're lucky enough to call friends and play shows with. So I, I, I w outside of, I would say, maybe the, the pop punk scene and yeah. the ska scene, outside of that, we were kind of just going wherever we can. Well, and that's a good place to be, I guess, too, right? Where you're not 
super pigeonholed into one, you know, tight knit little subgenre. You you have you have elements of all these different things happening, which is, yeah, it's cool to cool to do. Absolutely, it's uh, I, I consider us very lucky to be able to kind of uh, float like that, I guess. And and to be perfectly honest, it's it's always refreshing when you get a show with a couple of different genres represented. It's nice to have four or five bands offering slightly different flavors. You know, keeps things fresh. You get a more of a cross section of fans out who may discover things that may not have otherwise known about. Right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are always the best shows too. When you have like completely r- almost randomized, like someone spun a wheel and picked a bunch of random names and threw it together. Oh, totally. <laughs> when we were talking before doing this uh, this interview, you mentioned that this was um, basically your first your first band that you were in, and that's so weird for Winnipeg because everyone has been in so many bands, and it seems like every person I talk to has been in fifteen bands, or they're still in four bands, or whatever. Like, how did you how did you get involved in this? Um, I'm assuming you were a fan of the local music scene, like going into it. Absolutely. Um, uh, you know, I've been going to shows since I moved to Winnipeg in 2002. And uh, uh, to be honest, I always like to joke uh, to people that I'm the only non-musician in the band. I just happen to be friends with enough musicians. Uh, essentially, uh, Lee and Anders were jamming together and uh, Lee approached me. I've known him since about 2002 or 2003. Uh, we used to go see our guitar player Mike's band Suicidey when I first oh, moved yeah. to Winnipeg. That's where I found Lee. And uh, Lee essentially approached me and he said, hey, man, you just want to come and shout into a microphone? You're a really loud guy. Yeah. So, yeah, that just I was lucky enough that they were looking for someone and had the patience to uh, wait out my kind of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just with it being the first band and not really having a lot of experience jamming with other musicians, they, there was definitely a patience factor for which I'm eternally grateful to them because – you don't generally go in and you're immediately good at something. I certainly had a learning curve. Sure. Sure. Well, yeah, everyone does, right? It's, but it's just, it's, it's kind of refreshing almost to meet someone who's only been in the one band because yeah. And and the band's been around for a while too, right? Which is kind of cool that you, this is your project and you've been the guy for this project. It's, it's cool to hear. I'm very, very thankful for what we have and the longevity we've achieved. Uh, you know, I couldn't think of a ratter bunch of guys to do it with. I just, I'm so stoked to get to see them every thursday night yeah well, except now i guess with the the pandemic going on that is what it is it just means we're playing computer games online together and whatnot you know yeah yeah for sure so kind of like i had to earlier put the kids to bed and then you can do something that's right yeah exactly yeah 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 um so in terms of the new record though uh how do you think the sound has changed because like you said you've been around doing this for about nine years now uh which is a long time for a local band how is how have things kind of progressed, you know, over the time since you started to the point where you're at now? Do you think that sonically there's anything uh, major that has shifted since your last record, maybe? Um, the biggest thing I would say from our last full length to now, uh, it's been about, I think, five or six years that that's been out, is uh, the songs have gotten shorter, if anything. Uh, we kind of went the crossover route where we're almost kind of looking more into the punk and hardcore side. You know, there's still a little more complexity that you you get from thrash, but mm-hmm. uh, definitely we're not doing five six minute songs anymore like the you know we had on ITSC, it, which is not to say we don't still enjoy playing those songs. We're just you know keeping it fresh, chain, keeping ourselves entertained first and foremost.
was that a conscious decision or is that just kind of the way the songs ended up after just playing together for so long? Yeah, that's just kind of how the riffs started going. Um, a lot of the songwriting process involves uh, uh, Lee, Anders, or Mike, uh, you know, writing riffs and they share riffs and they kind of all go in the blender together. And uh, I think it's really, you know, we're very lucky that we've got three guitar players in the band in yeah. different forms. Uh, so it always starts with the riffs and just for whatever reason, they've naturally progressed towards kind of shorter structured songs uh, as opposed to the slightly longer, you know, uh, I'm not sure where I was going there. <laughs> Pardon me. No, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So does that, does that give you the opportunity to, um, I mean, I guess maybe in a live setting, you could probably play a much longer set in terms of just song volume, right? If you're, if you're not doing those, those epic length ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we can definitely fit a few more songs in um that's never been a huge problem for us uh somehow we always wind up playing at warp speed yeah. um to joke that there's multiple times a night on stage where i think i might pass out from lack of oxygen just <laughs> going so fast with the vocals and the lyrics and i don't know how the other guys do it some nights like i don't know there's there's sometimes we get off stage and we're told you still have like eight minutes left <laughs> oh is that something you foresee so, uh, do you foresee that continuing like you can keep getting faster or is there like a speed limit that you guys will hit well i think everyone has kind of that threshold right uh we're we're not going fully into grind yeah uh there's certainly moments here and there with some of the drum beats and whatnot that do kind of kind of toe the line on grind but at some point you do reach kind of that plateau of speed for the genre you're playing yeah, for sure. For and sure. it just it just naturally happens. We're on stage, the adrenaline's going, and everyone's having fun. And next thing you know, okay, that's much faster than we recorded that song. Yeah, yeah. Do you prefer Do you prefer playing it yeah. fast? Like, do, do you enjoy that kind of uh, adrenaline, like you're saying, like that rush of, of doing it uh, on stage at like breakneck speed? It's, you know, when it doesn't fly completely off the rails and just burst into flames, it's one of the best feelings in the world. There's nothing better than like waiting for the train wreck to happen and it never comes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, so the way I heard, like I was saying to you before we started recording this, I have your your other full length and I, and I really dig yeah. it. Like I really like it. And the way I, I obtained that record is kind of bizarre. So I just thought it would be a fun story to share. Um, so I had heard the name before. First of all, the name. The name is from the Zombie Survival Guide, right? Pardon me? Is the name of the band from the Zombie Survival Guide? Uh, that was part of it. Okay. Um, if I remember correctly, Anders was also researching plants at the time, mm -hmm. and it's some kind of uh, genus of Venus flytrap fly as well, or something. Oh, cool! You know, it was way back when we were chucking nine names left and right, and yeah. definitely we're we're familiar with the Zombie Survival Guide and World War Z, and you know, so there there were a few elements uh, going on in there, and. By the way, thank you very much. I'm glad you dig the album. That you know, I appreciate that. Yeah, I know it's it's really good. And and the re the reason the the zombie thing, uh, the only reason I'm bringing that up is because when I first got that book, whenever it came out, I remember thinking, oh, that would be a great name for a band. And then I I just never did it. And then when I saw you guys do it, I was like, oh, great, someone is finally using this as a band name. This is perfect. <laughs> but um, the the way that I got the record was I responded to an ad on uh, Facebook. Some guy put up this thing saying he was moving. And he had a bunch of CDs of his old band and a bunch of merch and a bunch of other local CDs uh, that he was getting rid of for free. And, like, I tend to hoard. Oh. 
I, I tend to hoard local music. So <laughs> I saw the ad and I, I responded to him like, yeah, I will come to your house and, and whatever you have to give me. And so he gave me this stack of local metal and some of it I already had, but a lot of it was bands that I had heard of like you guys and had never actually listened to. So I, I got a lot of really cool stuff there and, and your record is one of them. And I think it might've actually been my favorite of that stack. So I, I really dug it and I'm glad to hear you're still going and doing a new, re- new release. Oh, no, that's awesome, man. Yeah, so it's kind of kind of a weird uh, roundabout way it's of awesome. hearing you, but yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> so yeah, um, when did you re- record yeah, that? I, I think we're getting some lag here. I'm, What's that? I think we're getting some lag on the connection. Every time I start talking and you start talking, it gets like bounced around. But um, I will try to say it again, and then yeah, I'll try to stop talking so you can talk. <laughs> Um, when did you actually? Uh, my apologies. No, it's cool. It's the connection. It's the the the, the dangers of the internet, right? Um, when did that out first album uh, come out? If I recall correctly, it would have been. I think it would have been in 2014, if I remember correctly, because um, we dropped our first two releases, like our first two official releases, outside of the demo within under a year of each other. Uh, because we did a full-length split with our friends from Calgary Epidemic, who are no longer around. And uh, then right after a few months, maybe within six, seven months, we uh, put out ITFC. And I think that was 2014. Um, to be honest, I'm trying to remember what kitchen I was working in when that dropped. <laughs> That's usually my reference. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And then you have an EP as well, right? Uh, yes, that's correct. Uh, we released the Judgmental EP, I want to say, in 2017. Okay. So that's a decent pace. Every couple of years you put something out. Is that sort of the plan? Um, It's kind of, it's worked out well that way. We just kind of go at our own pace, though. You know, when the riffs come and the lyrics come, great. We got them. Yeah. Uh, we don't try to force anything. Uh, we learned that lesson already. There's one song on the full-length split that we've never played live. It's just that song where we clearly needed the last one done for the split. And uh, we don't want to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a good, <laughs> probably a good thing if you, if, you, if you don't feel it, right? If you have to force it out, yeah, it's probably not a, not a good place to be. Yeah, it's not a good feeling. Like, what's the point in just half-assing something? Yeah.
So you mentioned that this this new one that's coming out is uh, you've been working on it for for a while now. Um, what what kind of timeline are we talking here? A couple of years or? Uh, Anders recorded the drum tracks for it uh, not this past December, but December as of a year and a bit ago is when we laid down the drum tracks. And essentially, uh, he was getting ready. Uh, he and his partner uh, welcomed their first child into the world and. Uh, she was approaching her due date when he was laying down the track. So it was kind of, I need to get this done. Yep. <laughs> and from there, um, just things kind of uh, progressed at a pace that uh, just for whatever reason, there were stops and starts. And thankfully uh, the gentleman we were working with, uh, a fellow by the name of uh, Dino Dottavio, uh very patient, very great to work with. Uh, you know, there was actually a bit of a hiatus for a couple of months, uh, where we just weren't able to do any recording uh, through, I can't remember what factors were involved, but he just said, yeah, man, we'll pick it up in a couple months. And sure enough, you know, like I didn't record the vocals until, oh, geez, recently, <laughs> like the end of 2019, I want to say. So when you have um, a project that's kind of been worked on in the, in the works for that long, 
does your opinion on the songs change? Um, because I'm sure you're still playing shows and everything sort of in between when you started recording and then when it's finally done. Like, do you feel that the songs are, are still representative of what you were trying to say when they first were written? Or has the band's kind of sound changed or, or anything, any feeling changed? Because I always wonder about that. If, if you write something and then you put it down or start putting it down and then a year down the road, two years down the road, you could, I mean, a lot of bands completely change their sound or, you know, maybe even change members or change their outlook and things sound old or tired. Like, did you experience any of that or are you still seeing like it's fresh stuff? Uh, well, on the new record, we're still all very excited about it. Um, there's always like, it's always fun to play live and, you know, we, we've tweaked some of the songs a little over the year, uh, you know, two years or whatever we've been working on them. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff, I've changed some of the lyrics just going into the studio, so there has been an evolution with the songs because it's been, it took long enough for me to record vocals where I did have time to make those tweaks, and, you know, if I felt I needed to change something, uh, and overall, we're, there's a difference between playing it live and then hearing the finished, polished product, right? It's, it's always kind of a neat, exciting thing where you finally, like, oh, this is what other people hear when I do this. Okay. Neat. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, uh, when it comes to, uh, I mean, when it comes to vocals, how do you manage to get the, the energy that you need when you're, I mean, the live energy is something different, right? You're feeding off the audience. Like you said, you guys are playing it faster because there's so much uh, adrenaline and stuff. But how do you transfer that to a studio setting where you're having to sit there and record them into a mic? Like, is it is it hard to get that, that level of feeling up or do you, can you pull that off pretty easily? Um, it's, um, it's, 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 fairly easy like it's just it's all practice right um we like i go i go probably 90 percent of uh capacity that i 90 percent of what i would do live at weekly jams just to keep myself in that kind of shape and headspace like so that that helps all the practice going as you know as close to live as possible without hurting myself um and aside from that uh it's I definitely had more trouble when we were recording our first couple of records because I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. I actually hurt my voice pretty bad when we were recording ITSC. Um, it's definitely easier now. And as I'd stated, uh, Dino was just an absolute treat to work with. He, I've never had such an easy experience recording, to be quite frank. I've always said to the guys, this is my least favorite part of being in a band. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it's different, right? It's a diff different, it's a different animal than than playing in a, playing a show. Absolutely, you know, you're playing a show. Everyone's drinking beer, adrenaline's going. People are doing their thing, and they're less likely to notice little slip ups. Yeah, but if you put that little slip up on a record, every time you hear your own record, I, I don't know about anyone else, but if I hear mistakes on my own stuff, it drives me nuts. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the funny thing, too, is, I mean, I haven't played in bands in about a decade, but when I did, the same kind of thing. If we screwed up something live, I would just walk off stage feeling like an idiot and feeling completely embarrassed. And then people would come up to you afterwards and be like, oh, I love the set. It was awesome. And it's just like, you didn't hear what I, that part where I forgot how to play the, you know? But yeah, it's, 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 it's different when you're making it, right? Because you're so deeply involved in it and you've probably listened to it a hundred times in the process of recording it or just, just playing it, right? So yeah, yeah, those mistakes, uh, I think they get heard more by, the artists themselves rather than the audience definitely um and it's funny i used to suffer from the same kind of uh, uh attitude when i would get off stage right i think they're going to notice i flubbed this they're going to notice the voice crack here yeah etc but 
you get people walking up to you like you said great show and after a while you're like okay um maybe i'm being too hard on myself it's uh it's nice to know there's other people out there like that uh you know the, the more it happens the more used to it you get i guess sure kind of like your first couple sure. of shows are always kind of nerve-wracking and by show number 100 it, you know you're more confident right yeah for sure definitely yeah. So is there kind of a um, an anticipated release date for this record? Or, I mean, I know this quarantine situation has thrown everything, like, just crazy, but do you have an idea of approximately when it, the full thing's going to be out? Uh, well, we did send a promo copy off to Unspeakable Acts. We were able to get that in the mail before everything kind of really blew up. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, we it's a big question mark right now. There's a few other labels we'd like to shop it around to try to get some kind of distribution outside of North America. Um, right now, we just it's it, it's not our first priority. We would love to get the ball rolling, but we all have families, we all have loved ones. You know, the the priorities, of course, are elsewhere right now. If we can get it out by the end of 2020, great. If cool. not, that's still a V, man. Yeah, well, I guess you've worked on it long enough already, right? So what's, what's another few months? Let's go. 
now that everyone's kind of, you know, no one can play a show, no one can release anything, everyone's stuck at home, what is the best way for people to find your music while they're on lockdown? I mean, because you have a bunch of stuff that's already out there, right? So if you if someone hears this interview and wants to check out what you have kind of uh, already released, what's the best option for them? Oh, um, you know, we've got a band camp, of course, like what band doesn't these days. Uh, uh, and we do have uh, not only albums you can listen to on there, but we do have merch for sale. Uh, you know, we've got CDs, we've got uh, cassettes, we've got uh, some T-shirts. So there is, uh, there's, there's lots of stuff on Bandcamp uh, as well. We do have a YouTube channel. Uh, I believe it's just under Solonim Crossover, and there's some live footage on there. There's, uh, there's a quick little uh, video that we made for Judgmental, just with like a little program on our computer, just you know, a slideshow type thing. Uh, so there, there is some stuff on there. Uh, you know, uh, YouTube, Bandcamp are probably the best too. Uh, of course, there's an Instagram account. Uh, as you know, we were on Twitter. Uh, somehow the guy with no social media presence being me is running the Twitter. Um, go figure. <laughs> That's cool, though. Yeah, so there's a lot of options. I mean, Bandcamp, I guess, is the best one because you guys get probably more money out of that than you would off any kind of streaming thing or whatever, right? Oh, it's always nice to get a few bucks. Uh, you know, we're, we're still in the stage as a band where everything we make just goes back into the band. Um you know, there's always wanting to do another run of T-shirts, another run of stickers, save up for the next record. Like, we were very lucky where we didn't actually have to pay out of pocket for anything involving Ruled by the Cruel. We had actually managed to save up enough where, you know, the studio time was taken care of, the mixing and mastering, the promo copies to send off to labels. Uh, we got really lucky with that. We, we were able to save our pennies. That's awesome. That's an that's, that's ideal situation to be in, I guess, right? Yeah, you just got to be okay with knowing that you're never going to get those initial startup costs back, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, we did a tour from Calgary to Montreal uh, back in 2015 with Epidemic, and right before we left, we, you know, we put a bunch of money into way more t-shirts, and we knew we weren't seeing that money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's, you know, on the band fund and saying, well, I bought the t-shirts for us. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, I think most bands experience that when they go on tour too. It's like uh, almost everyone I've talked to on the show, most of them are independent bands. Most of them are, you know, it's small to medium level of success. And, and yeah, it's the same story, right? You, you do it because you because you love it and you hope someone else will hear it and you hope someone else will dig it too. But uh, if you don't, you're still you're still out there doing it anyway. Absolutely. Cool. Well, yeah. By the way, I really like that it did with uh, Derek Kuhn. I, I loved Guy Smiley when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. They're, they're an amazing band. I, I can't believe that even happened. That was so crazy. Yeah, man. That, that like 15-year-old me would have been losing his mind if I got to talk to him, you know? Yeah, and you know what? The cool thing about that interview is that happened because I, like, while I've been at home working, I, I, I'm working from home now, as a lot of people are during this, this pandemic, and I've had an opportunity yeah. to listen to a lot of my cds and tapes because i'm sitting in a basement where i am right now right next to my stereo which is not an option at the office so um i pulled up a bunch of old tapes and cds and some of that is guy smiley stuff and burn the eight track stuff and so i posted it and i guess someone told him that hey look it's one of your old tapes and so he commented on it and then i just immediately said can i have you on my podcast please and like he jumped on it and then three days later we were talking so it's cool how they uh internet can like equalize everything right and this guy who as a 15 year old i loved his band is now some guy i'm talking to on the phone in my basement uh for a podcast so yeah it's very cool that's super cool yeah yeah right on like well you've put a lot 
this. I mean, I I remember hearing the word name Witch Police like quite some time ago. So it's not like you just started this. You you put you put in the work, and you're you're getting to interview some great people, and I understand why, man. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's been since uh, late 2012, so it's it's been a while. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple of years. <laughs> yeah, just, just yeah, a few few months, you know. <laughs> Right now, people can hear one track, I think, right, from the new record on the Bandcamp page? Oh, yeah, there's one track available on the Bandcamp page, just kind of a little teaser. And uh, I did send you another track off the new record, yep. so uh, you know, if people want a uh, little a little something they can't get anywhere else, uh, it is there. Yeah, I'm going to throw it right at the end of this podcast right here, so people will hear us talking about it right now, and then it'll just go right on. So, uh, yeah, I'm really oh, glad that... I'm really glad we managed to make this happen. I mean, like I said, uh, when I heard your CD uh, from that weird internet connection I made with a guy and got a stack of CDs, I, I really dug it. I mean, like, uh, you know, I've been listening to, I've always listened to punk and hardcore and all that stuff dating back to, like, my, my teenage years, like we were saying with Guy Smiley and stuff, right? But, I mean, I've been getting more and more into, like, metal and heavier music, it seems, the older I get. Like, I never would have thought that, you know, I'm a few years shy of 40, that I'd be listening to heavier stuff now. It seems like you should go the other way and I should be listening to like James Taylor or something. Yeah. Right. Don't people usually mellow? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the opposite for me, but I, I'm glad it is because I got to hear your record and I'm looking forward to hearing the new one. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for uh, coming on the podcast. This was a fun time. Well, thank you very much. It's really great to be on here. I appreciate you taking an interest, man. Right on. Thanks a lot. <laughs>